content creator team. <laughs> <laughs> Take two. Take two, y'all. We, if you are watching this on YouTube, yes. you can see that we're all in the same place in person. This is this is uh, an anomaly. This has yeah. never happened. <laughs> um, we finally got this one to come come back. Um, we obviously are joined by Alexis, who is our first ever recurring guest. Your yes. first guest who has came back. Another what an honor. What an honor. <laughs> um, the first of many. Oh, yeah. first. Um, but yeah, you guys, welcome back to Unapologetic Conversations with the Coleman. Yes. You know, I am Donald. This is Dr. E. And then, uh, like you said, we're joined by Alexis. Okay, so, right. um, Soon to be RN. Okay, just saying. You know, just my sister was accepted into nursing school. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm really excited to let that be known to the world. And it's an accelerated program. Exactly. So honestly, yeah. I just, I Godspeed to you. Thank you. Because I know that. <laughs> just listen, from one student to another, I'm, I'm I'm passing, it, I'm passing it along, <laughs> paying it forward. But um, yeah, let's get started off with our coffee segment. Okay. The most important, I was going to say meal of the day. But, um, <laughs> Drink it is. Obviously, I mean, well, breakfast. Listen, for a lot of people that's out there fasting, yeah. like coffee in the morning is, for me, like when I do my fast, here goes a little gym. <laughs> when I do my fast, I honestly don't eat until about like one, two o'clock. Mm-hmm. In the morning when I wake up between the hours of like seven to like one or two o'clock, I drink coffee, I drink a lot of water, and I, I might eat some fruit, like if I'm really hungry, but anything solid I don't do until like one or two. And that's called intermittent fasting. So if you are on that journey, actually caffeine helps to curb your appetite. So while we're talking about caffeine, <laughs> your girl, listen, I did take off my napkin. They call it ghetto. I call it keeping my coffee warm. But whatever, to each his own. I am drinking today, Tim Hortons. I am in Michigan shooting this episode with my siblings. So I had to go ahead and brew me up the native. And the native is the Tim Hortons. Of course, I did put some organic honey in here. I usually do my peppermint, but my parents are not bougie enough to have peppermint. <laughs> leaves up in here so i had to go ahead and just do my honey and my coffee yeah because y'all know she has a whole recipe like she has a whole routine for her coffee alone Mm -hmm. um so and honestly though with the (laughs) tim i just (laughs) um here and like i think the midwest though Mm -hmm. like tim horns is like a big thing it is and also i've noticed and even in Massachusetts, oh, really? they have a lot of Tim Hortons okay. like over there. Like you rarely see. I when I was over there because I have family over there. Shout oh, out if y'all watching. <laughs> uh, shout out to my family hometown in Boston. Um, love y'all. But they have a lot of uh, Tim Hortons. Tim and you like will rarely see a Starbucks unless oh, like wow. you go to a mall. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's like that was one thing I noticed when yeah. I would go there is okay. there were never any Starbucks. Wow. Um, unless like he was on a college campus. Okay. Like of course. That's, of course, they will always have that. But um, hmm, yeah, just like it was the Tim Hortons on every corner. Like it's wow. Okay. People, people love their Timmys. <laughs> I never heard nobody uh, call it that. Timmys. <laughs> Yeah, like you gotta go on a Timmy run. Okay, listen, we need to put that on the t shirts. Right. Tim Hortons, 
Sponsorship, okay? No way. This is the, hey, we see each other. We good. Um, So my coffee, I am drinking a Starbucks Natural Cold Brew. Um, It's canned, and it has milk. It has vanilla sweet cream in it. Um, Nitro brews in general, well, cold brews always have a lot of caffeine in it because the time they take to brew it, it's like 14 hours. Wow. Like, it takes a lot. Like, when they run out of cold brew, they run out for the whole day. Wow. Because it takes them that long to brew the coffee again. Because it's like a really high concentrate of coffee. So that was um, and nitro is just like that times two. <laughs> so uh, yeah, any college students that you need to get that thing banging, drink this. Okay, not the thing. Um, <laughs> we also need to merch that. Okay. Um, and then I'm accompanied by my Hawaiian volcanic alkaline water. Um, the bougie water. You want to call me the bougie sibling? <laughs> okay. Well, okay. She's the bougie sibling. I'm just the one that kind of has a little taste. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, you're the bougie. <laughs> I want to call myself bougie. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's the next level. That's the next tier. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of tears, y'all, before we uh, get into her drink of the day. I like that segue. Right. <laughs> exactly. Listen, content creator team. Okay. Uh, we now have a Patreon. Um, so basically, just a short little summary of it. Um, we have three tiers. Um, there is uh, your general uh, membership Patreon. That's just a flat out. I believe it's like $3.50 a month. Um, that's just if you want to donate, contribute to us, we greatly appreciate it. Um, next, we have our silver tier. Um, and with that tier, you get access to uh, our behind the scenes bloopers, our exclusive episodes, which is many. Which is many. Uh, honestly, it's a lot, y'all. Um, and you get access to, uh, I believe I said our merch. Our merch. Our merch, yes. Um, and then our last tier, my favorite tier. It's the diamond tier. Um, and I believe that's $15.50 a month. Mm-hmm. And um, you get access to bloopers, exclusive episodes, exclusive merch, exclusive promo codes, mm-hmm. not only for our merch, but maybe. Dr. E, listen, it's no maybe at this point. <laughs> okay. DrEbonyComen.com. I have my recipe books on there. I have my wellness coaching. I have my vitamin supplement line. So if you are looking, to start your health journey, but maybe don't have the funds to like completely emerge yourself, get the Diamond Patreon because that will allow you to win different raffles, get behind the scenes in regards to gems I drop that I have put into my book. So maybe if you don't have money to be able to actually get the book, you will be able to get it if you have the Diamond Patreon. Yes, and also with our Diamond, um, every month we will be doing a Diamond Only live stream. Yes. So it's a chance where you guys get to talk to us, interact with us, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, pretty much for about an hour, hour and a half. Um, so yeah, go on to our Patreon. Our link will always be in the description yes. below. Um, and y'all, we have a link tree now. So if you've been seeing uh, the many flyers we've been putting up, um, if you have a smartphone, which if you don't, I'm going to pray for you. I'll be safe out there. But um, with your smartphone, you can scan the QR code and you immediately get access to all of our links. Um, so, yeah. And moving back on to our coffee segment, this one, she's drinking uh, Aquafina. <laughs> That's not my favorite. My uh, favorite water. I don't like coffee. 
She, she's but not a coffee stand, but she loves water. Uh, I'm glad you don't like aqua. I, I, I think that's a family thing because yeah. I hate like I don't like Aquafina and I don't, I don't like, like Dasani. Dasani. Yeah. 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 Or Deer Park or uh, Ice Mountain. Oh, you kind of lost. You kind of lost me on that one. <laughs> no, I do not like Ice Mountain. I love Sam's, Ooh, Sam's Club. Yeah, I love Sam's Club. I kind of like box water. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> like when it's like cold, okay. kind of slap. <laughs> um, so yeah, moving on, we're gonna go into what tools and techniques that we use to see to better ourselves. Yeah. Um, y'all, we just did this part. Uh, we had a little technical difficulties on our last recording, but um, to summarize it all up, um, basically we would say stress management and being able to relieve some of that. Um, Because as you were saying earlier, you know, you're here for a wedding, but also you took time to, you know, be with friends and families and loved ones. Um, And, you know, Monday morning or whenever you decide to go back in grind mode, Mm -hmm. you go back with a clear, rejuvenated conscience. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So when I came here to Michigan, I didn't bring my laptop. This was the first time. Usually I'm always plugged in. Oh, I got to stay on top of this or I need to hit this goal while I'm in Michigan. This was the first time that I allowed myself to just be present in the moment and to be able to just really bask in the ambiance of all of my investments that I'm now able to see the harvest of, meaning that I've done all of that. I've done the time where I'm behind the laptop. I'm at a family function, but I'm multitasking, doing something for school or doing something for work. So this time I just wanted to be present in the moment and actually appreciate all of the years that I have spent to become Dr. Coleman or Dr. E and now be able to experience that from the other side of the perspective and being able to be with family and friends. So that was my tool and technique of the week. I love that. I resonated with that. Anything you want to add? Oh, I did a list of summer teens. T-I-N-G-Z. <laughs> and I think that's really important to do just so you can have something to not, I'm not going to say look forward to because just waking up and being alive is something to look forward to, right. but just some uh, outlet to have to release stress and so you don't get burned out or feel like you're overworked, especially when you're in school and you have business, businesses going. So. But also, I don't know where I read, it was an article. It's like people need to make lists, like visualize like things because I think it helps us remember like priorities and goals. Cause I have a whiteboard um, in my apartment and I write down like important dates and stuff like that, but okay. also goals awesome. and priorities. Yeah. Cause I think it helps to keep track of all of that. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm that type of person, I don't just have one singular goal. Okay. Like I'm I was never I wish I was like that. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I wish I was just like a a single <laughs> like I just get wrapped up in one thought and I take it. No. Yeah. <laughs> My mind was just not built like that. that. And so having to write it down on a whiteboard helps me I guess manifest it for one. Mm-hmm. And two to also make it uh more attainable. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes like throughout the day, I may have one thought and I don't write it down and it escapes me. Mm-hmm. And that could have been something like I could have been doing for the podcast exactly. or for school. So yeah, I think definitely keeping a list mm-hmm. helps. I can oh, resonate yeah. with that. My mind <laughs> oh, yeah. be going a million, thinking of a million things every day. So it's oh, good to be organized to write stuff down. 
I always tell y'all about a planner. Like a planner is my best friend. I didn't bring mine, but you know, y'all seen it. It's like the green one I got from Target. Because yes. um, you know, we don't call Target Target. We call it Target. <laughs> with the accent, with the E. <laughs> It helps structure. It will structure your life. I'm telling you. It does. So moving on, we're going to go to Stone of the Week. Um, Y'all, I'm normally not at my workstation at my apartment, so I can't really get up and show you the stone. Um, but basically, it is a snowflake obsidian. Um, it's a really good grounding stone um, for meditation. Also, um, and not just for meditation. I think uh, if you are a praying person, mm -hmm. I think having these around when you pray will help, mm -hmm. like with manifestation. Okay. Because um, with any grounding thing, grounding helps you kind of center your thoughts, like your emotions, and just mm -hmm. be at one in the present. Mm -hmm. um, so having any kind of grounding stone like helps with that process. Exactly. Especially if you're someone who has a lot of anxiety. Um, or like if you work in a high stress environment, it's okay. a really good stone to have. I need to have that stone. Right. <laughs> okay. Working in crisis is very difficult. You know, yeah. it's hard not to absorb other people's energy when you work in an environment where you're constantly hearing people's problems and yeah. issues and their outcries. Exactly. And I love what I do. But sometimes when you hear certain stories, it's hard to like spiritually detach from that story. And I've been doing this line of work for a long time. So I like that crystal. I'm going to have to definitely look into that. Mm -hmm. So like with all of my crystals, um, mm -hmm. they will be posted on our Instagram, which again, if you're not following, what are you doing? Um, you're being a fake fan. <laughs> and we don't appreciate that this summer because okay. we got hot girl Ebony and we have hot girl in the train and Alexis. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so with that being said, um, that was my stone of the week. Uh, so moving on, we have enlightenment of the week. And I love this one because it simply states opportunities don't happen. You create them. I'll say that again. Opportunities don't happen. You create them. So for us, even right now, we created this studio, right? We created this podcast. We created this sibling bond that we're now developing, the three of us, right? If you guys don't know, we are a blended family, right? So Alexis and I have the same mother. Donald and I have the same father. Right. And so with a blended family, sometimes <laughs> we have the same sister. And sometimes it's hard when you're blended families because not only are you just like blending a unit, you're blending personalities. And everybody's personality is different. We're all grown now. So we have different perspectives of the world. We're at different stages in our lives. Like with them, I'm like a whole decade older than them. Right. So perspectives on how I see the world can be different from theirs. But we were able to come together and create this opportunity because although we might have different perspectives, one thing that we do have in common is that we respect one another. So when you are going through creating opportunities, listening to other people that might have different perspectives than your own, the one thing that you have to have at your foundation to be able to cultivate something beautiful to be able to cultivate whatever that goal is that you have in mind is just respect different perspectives because everybody doesn't think the same way that you are, but everybody's thought process should be something that's valued because you can learn from anyone. So that's what I have. 
Yeah, yeah. I definitely resonate with that. I think at any age, yeah, really. I definitely. think it's never <laughs> um, a point in time where you should stop For like sure. valuing other people's opinions yep. because we learn every day mm -hmm. through each other, right? It may not necessarily be in a formal academic setting, right. but we're always learning, always. right? I think that's just the goal in life is, mm -hmm. you know, the day you stop learning is the day I guess yeah. you did. <laughs> you did. I'm I don't know. You're being a walking zombie. <laughs> okay, you know everything. You heard everything. You know some people like that. Okay. Uh -huh. You just walking around with your old thought process and your old ways that's gonna keep you stagnant and old and gray. Okay, now I got time for that. I'm trying yeah, to and it's also growing and glowing. <laughs> it's also uh, another thing you said with bonds, like you know, that is very important too. And I feel like, you know, honestly, I we one day we need to get like a tapestry yes. of our family history. And I will wonder what that would look like. It would be so many like lines and it would just it would be something. It would be confusing. It would be amazing. Honestly, if we could trace our like lineage years back, like that would be just so dope mm -hmm. to figure out who who were the first answers. Mm -hmm. That would be dope. That would be actually something I would like to do. Yeah. yeah. Especially with the rise of ancestry.com uh, and yeah. 23 and me. Exactly. So many different websites. So many different websites. Um, yeah. That might be a pet project in the future. And thanks to Ebony for bringing us together. Because yes, me and Donald and we kind of, I could, guess I could say grew up because I've been knowing him since he was little, like a little baby. So. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> <you know. laughs> in your car seat in the right. Y'all see like, this? Like, who's like, boy, if you can do all that, you're going to be Like, do you see the the strong matriarchal <laughs> like we're gonna get into it in this episode but just the matriarchy is strong yeah. in this family okay yeah. like you see this i'm always just outranked and outmaneuvered <laughs> <laughs> but moving on we're gonna get into today's topic which speaking of matriarchies um and femininity we're gonna be talking about the handmaid's tale um that felt like a heavy statement um I read the book in high school. And so um, for those of y'all who don't know, I took uh, AP English in high school. Yeah, I was one of those kids. I was the AP, I was the AP uh, geek. I took like all the APs I could kind of take and just, I don't know, I thought it was, it was exciting. But um, I read the book in high school. And um, as y'all know, it's an adaptation on Hulu now. It's in its fourth season. Um, and I really, uh, I have some thoughts, uh, just like we've all had some thoughts okay. today. Um, but I think I would like to start us off with, I think, uh, what we talked about earlier off camera, um, off it. Yes. Um, <laughs> now, for a lot of people that don't know anything about Handmaid's Tales, I do want to say this. Okay. It's based on the best-selling novel by Margaret Atwood. Mm -hmm. This series is set in Gilead. It's a society in what used to be a part of the United States. Gilead is ruled by a fundamental fundamentalist, okay? Fundamentalist, say that three times. <laughs> regimen that treats women as property of the state and is faced with environmental disasters and a plummeting birth rate. In a desperate attempt to repopulate a devastated world, the view at viewing fertile women are forced into sexual servitude. One of these women, Alfred, is determined to survive the terrifying world she lives in and find the daughter that was taken from her. So that's really the premise of 
Handmaid's Tales. Yeah, so that's the premise of like the novel. Yeah. But um, if you watch the series, it kind of evolves um, beyond the whole uh, mother-daughter separation kind of mm-hmm. trope. Um, it talks a lot of, about, first of all, religion. Yeah. Like the storyline is heavily rooted in uh, the church God yes. um, or this reality's perception of God. Um, it's we talks about feminism. It talks about um, uh, sexual assault, sexual abuse. Yes. Um, so yeah, I think I just want to get us kicked off with how do y'all feel about just the I guess the concept of it, like the idea of having a handmaid and having a uh, um, a Martha. Yeah. So uh, also a quick little glossary of these terms we're about to throw at you. Mm-hmm. Um, a handmaid is a woman who has been deemed uh, fertile, uh, fertile enough to uh, be able to carry carry a child. Um, because in this time, um, women were being blamed as a result for the de- decline in birth rate, um, and men were totally left unscathed. <laughs> um, and I'm getting these glares like the men, the men. But yes, um, the men in this uh, society now they're known as commanders. Yes. Um, so there are commanders, then there are, uh, it's a caste system, essentially. So um, with the women, there's handmaids, there's a Martha, who's the cook, the gardener, um, the general, yeah. house servants, I guess you would <laughs> like to say. Um, and then there's the Jezebels. Y'all remember the Jezebel? Oh, I mean, it's, it's crazy because I feel like the Handmaid's Tales, from my perspective, mm-hmm. um, okay. <laughs> Which I feel like my perspective is a little like layer because I look at it where they took from like slavery times, right? Yeah. And they switched it to a perspective where it's diverse, right? You have all different types of racial backgrounds that can be handmaids, yeah. that can be Marthas. Mm-hmm. So it's not just strategically put like black people are the handmaids or black people are the marthas they put it in different different culture base to be cumbersome of everyone but i just feel in a lot of different stances from that premise it has been taken from slavery right because back then when it was slavery times we as black people we couldn't say what we wanted to do mm-hmm. the quote-unquote commanders or massa was the one that had to tell us where we were and where we were placed based upon our capabilities or what we looked like, right? If you were in the field, the darker melanated people were in the field picking cotton. The lighter people were inside and they were the ones that were able to take care of the kids. And a lot of times they had not only reared the children, but actually were having children, right? So a lot of that premise to me was taken from slavery. Yeah, I absolutely. I think absolutely. about that. Yeah, it does everything no. about it just about the families being separated mm-hmm. from their mom and dad? Mm-hmm. You can't do what you want to do. You always being watched. Yeah. You have to be careful what you say and what you do. I did not think about that. Yeah. It's like it's a caste system that mirrors the identity of slavery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, <laughs> excuse me, uh, there's a lot of factors that plays into a woman being deemed a handmaid. Like um, in this universe, there are testing centers where women go. Um, I, I This was before, I believe, the collapse of regular society where women, during this time, there was the, the coup of, you know, the United States government and women were being forced to submit to these testing centers to be yeah. evaluated um, for their fertility. Mm-hmm. Um, 
this is I just the storyline itself is very complex because there's so many different avenues where one could take this conversation. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, I think a good way to begin is just to talk about, I guess we could talk about Alfred's story. Yeah. Because um in the show and in the book, she's the main character. Mm-hmm. Um the storyline kind of revolves around her point of view. It does. Um, which I wish that's one thing that the author could have did better was that I wish it would have been um, more more point of views except okay. for Alfred. Yeah. But I would have liked to see more Moira. Okay. Um, I would have liked to see more Rita. Hmm. Uh, I would have liked to have women in the different cast systems. Like I wish it would have just switched, like they would have switched off yeah. the character's point of view because it would have made the storyline a little bit fuller. I can see that. I really liked, I liked Alfred. I'm not gonna lie. Like hmm. I love her. But for me, personally, and I mean, we have behind the scenes talks about this, and y'all can let me know your perspective. I just felt like Alfred should have been played by a Black woman. Okay. And I just feel that way because every time I look at Handmaid's Tales, I love Handmaid's Tales. I don't want to take anything away from it, but I feel like it's a story of, of Black people. You know, we struggle. We had to understand how to have our voice, how to, how to be defined in our voice, and how to have our voices heard outside of what society was trying to subtract from our voices. And so I think Offered is strong, but she gives me very like Harriet Tubman vibes, mm-hmm. and Sojourner Truth vibes. And I just would have liked to see maybe a Gabrielle Union or, I don't know, a, a Black woman, a strong Black woman play that role. I definitely understand what you where you're coming from. Yeah. And I hate when I say it like that because yeah. it's about to be like a but. Um, but realistically, um, you have to understand the book came out in the 80s. It came yeah. out in 85, yeah. I believe. Um, and so this is the time where feminism was really the focal point in the American household. Okay. Because that was a time when, you know, women um, trying to get into the workforce beyond just being teachers and uh, yeah. you know housewives. This is a time when women were really trying to find this place in a new modern America. So when that. this book came out, this book was, I guess, in my perspective as a black man, um, and you may have a different perspective on this, but mm-hmm. I feel like the book um, it came out during a time when women's voices and bodies were silenced. Yeah. And honestly, it's kind of crazy how we look towards like today's issue, modern issues, like the Me Too movement. Yeah. And like, it's just so crazy how history really kind of has a sick way of repeating itself. It because the same things that they were fighting for in the 80s mm-hmm. were still fighting for now, yeah. like women's right to choose, yeah. like contraceptions, are, um, birth control. Like, um, and also, it's so crazy how in the book but also in the tv show um one of the things that the one of the aunts um i don't know if you guys remember that scene where they talked about how uh again it was women's fault for being on contraceptives it was women's fault for going out being loose and not being modest Mm -hmm. and so this is just (laughs) a lot of blends in there like even when you say that it just made me think of the fact that we as women we still are fighting for that you know, and that's probably why, like, I connect to Handmaid's Tale so much is because we as women, we are looked upon like, okay, you're supposed to, at this certain age, get married. At this certain age, have children. And we've talked about this on this platform mm-hmm. before. 
women, we are not known for our intelligence sometimes in society. We're not known for like our business savvy. Like if you are a business savvy woman and you know exactly what you want, you're looked at as an aggressive woman or you're looked at as a woman that's not soft and, and pretty enough because you have that entrepreneur mind. So I feel like sometimes even here in 2021, in today's society, Handmaid's Tales is still a reflection of where we are in the world and how women have to fight so hard to be more than what we are looked upon as. Yeah. We have to fight so hard for people to see and hear our voices and respect it and know, okay, yeah, in the workforce, I might be this way, but I still want to one day have a family. I still want to one day have a husband, but it might be delayed in time. It doesn't have to be in my 20s. It doesn't have to be in my 30s. And today's technology, shoot, Janet Jackson had a baby in her 50s. <laughs> you know, so I just feel like even in today's time, we're still fighting those old traditional norms mm -hmm. that society has put on us in a, in a world that just doesn't exist anymore. The show is like a modern day slavery. It is. Like here in the real world mm -hmm. versus the show. I agree. The society doesn't appreciate each woman's own individuality, yeah. personalities, and like, oh, you have to be the same. This is how everything has to go. Mm -hmm. Like in today's society, they people act like they okay with, oh, this person does this, that's mm -hmm. them. Okay, this, but they, oh no, uh, I want you to do this or be like this person. And I, I agree with you. And it's so crazy because the um, storyline in the TV show. If y'all remember the takeover happened, this was modern. This was, I believe the year was 2016. What's that? 17. Like when they because in the show, mm -hmm. like it they talk about Offred's life before Gilead. Yes. So I know the first episode <laughs> came out in 2017. So maybe it was supposed to be. So it was around that time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So her life before Gilead, it was it was reflective of our time. It was. So, yeah. um, obviously, obviously there's a um, discrepancy with the novel because the book, mm -hmm. like I said, came mm -hmm. out in the 80s. So, of course, there's going to be a little bit of discrepancy yeah. with that because, you know, the 80s, that was a different time. You know what? That's a good point. Maybe if they would have shown out Alfred, I want to yeah. call her Alfred. So <laughs> I don't know why. But if they would have shown Alfred in like the 80s, and they were talking about the feminist movement and it they were talking different it would make me feel different it would be different but because now it's like supposed to be in modern day time i'm looking at it from the perspective like we have so much going on as black people especially black women black men that i wanted to see more black people in dominated roles on the show and maybe that's why i feel that way right because yeah. we have the black lives matter that's going like the movement that's going on right now. And I just feel like that show, The Handmaid's Tale, will be so much more impactful mm -hmm. if they have more black leader character roles. Mm -hmm. it, it's a strong show. It is. Oh my goodness. If you haven't watched Handmaid's Tale, do it now. Like it's, it's what Emmy, Emmy nominated. Yeah, like it's it a very I I love the show. Like, don't get me wrong. I love I knew I was gonna love the show because yeah. I love the book. Exactly. Because having read the book, I think I have that, maybe that's why my perspectives are the way that they are, because mm -hmm. I understand the premise of why the book was written. Written, exactly. And understanding that, you know, the adaptation to Hulu, there was going to be a couple of changes. Because for one, mm -hmm. obviously, 
you gotta do it for the views, right? Yeah. You gotta do it for the you review. For the and so, <laughs> and so, you know, of course they were gonna make some changes. Just like with 13 Reasons Why, like they're going to, that's another yeah. good uh, talking point. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, we, we, sleep, yeah. we sleeping y'all, but anyway. Um, and they're going to romanticize a few things, yeah, definitely. purely, you know, theatrical reasonings, but, um, you're right. I think it would have been dope to see, you know, more prominent black characters, but also understanding that this story predates black lives matter. Yeah. Well, not for us every day is black lives matter, right. but like the movement, the social, uh, standing, like, cause this was before, you know, we gotta think this is the eighties, yeah. like it was a different a different time, a different era. And so with Offred's character, I like her. She's one of my favorites. Okay. Uh, I love her, her rebellious streak. I love how she, you know, uh, stick it to the man. Like mm -hmm. I'm going against this. Um, This is not me. Right. And um, y'all just, uh, we should have mentioned this earlier, but there might be some spoilers. Um, yeah. so I'll, I might not even know what we're talking about. I'll, we'll, we'll definitely put it in the comments. Like, in like, but, and um, I feel like we have to do like not only just one show about this, we probably need to do a segment too about this too, a part two. because it's so many layers to talk about. Like, I love Offred, but there's other characters that had to go through a lot, and I feel like too, I want to put in there if you have like past traumas with like spe sexual abuse or any type of trauma that is to abuse in any type of way, whether it's domestic violence, like I said, sexual abuse, sexual assault. I would say um, watch the show, but allow yourself time in between episodes to be in a safe space, maybe get some therapeutic alignment because the show is heavy. It is. And if you haven't dealt with past traumas, it can be triggering. I think trauma not only with sexual assault yeah um, i think trauma within religion that too um because yeah. the show is very very much based on uh loosely christianity i agree um uh, i'm not going to speculate mm -hmm. what what it is because i'm not i'm not on the show right. i'm not a, okay. i'm not a storyboard <laughs> artist but uh i'm not a writer but um the show is loosely based on the uh christian yeah Christian identity. So yeah, if you their depiction of it. That's a whole other topic. Their depiction of it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the show is, I'm not gonna lie, it's heavy, mm -hmm. but um, it talks and covers a lot of different things. Um, especially I want to highlight too the the feminism. Like we, I know I was joking earlier about this strong matriarchy. Yeah. And you know, I, I kind of love it. I love having a strong line of women in my family because I think it's so dope. Um, because y'all really are the trailblazers, um, but not to go off into that tangent, but in the show, it just, it's just in the show, it's the complete opposite. They're destroying the matriarchy. And, um, even among the wives in the show, you can see that there's clearly some dissent. Oh yeah. And, uh, Serena Joy, that's why I want to drag through the mud. Um, Serena Joy, um, her character... I do not like it all because yeah. before Gilead, she was this conservative evangelical woman, um, you know, and she was a born again Christian or whatever have you. Um, and now at this point of the story, she's beginning to regret a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that goes in line with, and I'm gonna say it, white feminism. Mm -hmm. 
and how feminism was not always created equal mm -hmm. because now we're looking at Serena Joy, this white woman who's unable to conceive her child now and, and she resents Alfred for most of the storyline and yeah. you resent this woman but you put her in this place because she was one of the women who was responsible for the construction of Gilead. Mm -hmm. it, it comes out in the show mm -hmm. that um her and Commander uh Fred uh, yeah, Fred, Commander yeah. Fred. Um, they were both uh, instrumental in the creation of Gilead. Mm -hmm. So, it, and that's another uh, tangent I also want to go off on is the women, the women who are in power, I want to say the wives, yeah. you know, in, in hindsight, you created this. You created a prison for, what, you created a prison for yourself. Yeah. Because not only are the wives in prison, but the other women are as well. And it's like you see in one of the episodes where um one of the handmaids is about to give, I think it was um of Joseph. Mm -hmm. Of Joseph gives birth. Mm -hmm. And um you can see in one of the scenes I remember that like the women are kind of all looking at each other because it's like y'all are all in prison together. And you have to live like this every single day. Like you, the wives wake up knowing every day, this is not mine. I mean, that's your daughter, that's your child, but it's not your own. Like you have this woman living here and this is her child. Like this is psychological bondage. But I want to touch back on what you said about <laughs> Serena. I don't think she regretful about what she did. It seemed like for a second she might have been getting it. Oh, okay, she's starting to understand. Then it's just she real selfish. Yeah, she only care when it's like her in the situation is gonna affect her. But she don't care when it's somebody else feelings getting hurt or their kid is getting too. She don't care. But when it's her own family that's involved, then that's when she try to. Play I was victim. just gonna. I was yeah. gonna tap into her white fragility. I was just gonna because <laughs> that's exactly what it is. I was I was gonna correct myself later, but yeah, I think she um she's a very selfish woman. Oh yeah. Um and you know it's made clear throughout the show that she's only doing this in the beginning it was for power and status, but now you know she has this child and now she just wants to run and escape and never look back. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you're running away from your own mess that you that created. You, you need to live the life that and you think. Exactly, that. and see, that goes back to today's time. I feel like in the Black Lives Matter movement right now, right? There, it's an outcry to be heard because we as Black people, we've been oppressed for so long that now our voices are finally being able to be heard. It might not come out the way that the white society wants it to look, all prim and proper. No, we might burn down a building. We might lose. It might not come out pretty because for so long we've been oppressed. We've had to go into a society that is just not made for us, let's mm. be honest. Yeah. You know, the fundamentals of even going up the career ladder, being a Black woman, per se, is harder than if I was trying to become a psychologist and I was a white woman with blonde hair blue eyes. It would be a whole different world for me. So I love, I can't put emphasis on Handmaid's Tales. If you have not seen it, please watch it because it's a lot of parallels to today's society. And it takes you like, like I said, sometimes it takes you back to slavery and you get mad at the show because you wanted to be a black woman in Alfred's character. Then other times it shows you parallels like, wow, 
we're talking about a show, but this show that was cultivated in the 2017 still is very much relevant today in 2021. And it's speaking to a lot of issues that is happening in today's society. Yeah. No, I definitely, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Also, um, just to get off hand myself for just like a couple minutes, I watched this show. Um, we definitely need to do a review about it. It's called Motherland Fort Salem. Mm-hmm. And it's a show about these uh, in America. It's set in, I don't want to say present day America, but okay. modern, modern-ish America. Mm-hmm. And uh, women, you know, the Salem witch trials happen. But instead, they reach the Salem Accord, and women who are found to be witches are to okay. report to Fort Salem mm-hmm. to train to be in the military. Wow. So it's a spin on mm-hmm. our traditional, you know, women burn the witches, you know, witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, they're now serving in our United States military. Wow. And so the show's emphasis is on the matriarchy because okay. women in these families, because they follow witch bloodline through the, mm-hmm. the matriarchy. The okay. ma- what is it? The because there's the patriarchal line and then there's the matrimonial line mm-hmm. or the, the matriarch line. So it follows women. Okay. So I, I say that to say that I think in today's media, yeah. we are having so many different representations of what feminism is and what it looks like and what it's portrayed as. Yeah. Because in this show, we see that, you know, the men, it's kind of like the they're in charge of breaking mm-hmm. down the, the, the matriarchy. Mm-hmm. And you have a show like Fort Salem where it encourages the matriarchy mm-hmm. and the patriarchy is kind of put lesser down mm-hmm. in it. So I say that to say, number one, watch The Handmaid's Tale. It is a very good, yeah. well, I would recommend reading the book because yeah. I, I, I will talk for a minute about the book. I yeah. think the book, um, you get a little bit more character in, like, in depth about Alfred, about Moira, about Rita, like about their stories. Okay. And even Serena Joy, you get to, <laughs> I say that very loosely, <laughs> like Serena Joy. Right. Um, Cause as you can visibly tell, she's not my favorite character. But really? <laughs> um, yeah, I think reading the book before watching the series will offer a, a fuller, well-rounded perspective on it. Because yeah. like, I like to tell anybody with any adaptations to um, a TV show or a movie, there's going to be some changes. There's going to be some things that they don't put in the movie specifically right. because it's meant to be read in a book. Just like I'm going to say Harry Potter. Like, If you ain't read the Harry <laughs> Potter series, I mean, watch it. It's going to take you. I mean, if you ain't read it, read it. It's going right. to take you a minute. But then watch it and then get a fuller understanding. Yeah, okay. books do give you more detail about like the movies mm-hmm. and the TV shows yeah. that they don't touch base in in the shows. So like, I guess another thing I want to talk about, how do y'all mm-hmm. feel about the, the uniforms? Because that, the, the, if y'all are educating the smart women, mm-hmm. you know there's there is a reason for why the women are dressed the way that they're dressed. I agree. But you, okay, so Y'all know that I'm in Michigan from out of town, so this will have to be our last topic because I gotta get to go check out of my hotel. But um, so I think that the uniform piece speaks, like I said, back to slavery, right? I feel like the uniforms is to show you your role, and so that you don't forget your role. You have to wake up every day. You have to look a certain way. Your hair has to be in this distinct order. And it's just showing like control over a person. Mm-hmm. You have no identity. Yeah. And we want to strip you away from everything that you used to think made you special. Yeah. 
And it makes sure it covers them up. Yeah, it shows nothing. Like, nothing, you can't be your own person. So to me, that's what the I, the uniforms was. It's to strip away a person's individuality. And it's also play into um, an I, idea of a woman's modesty. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, in the handmaid's tale, the handmaids wear red. Yes. Wives wear blue. Mm-hmm. Marita's, I mean... Oh, uh, Martha's. I'm sorry. I love Rita. I was gonna say all the Rita's. Uh, the Martha's wear yes. green. Yes. And anything lower, I believe they just wear like gray. Um, that means you just down bad horrendous if you're wearing gray. But uh, all the women in the storyline, they they have to come out covered. Yep. They have to wear bonnets. Yep. You have to. Um, you never go alone. You go with another handmaid anywhere. Um, really, even the wives are expected mm-hmm. to cover up, um, you know, keep their hair up. Yeah. Um, nothing past the shoulder. It's You have to wear, you know, uh, a long ankle dress from here yeah. to, and it's hot outside. So <laughs> my, my line of thinking with this is it just further entrenches the storyline of this is a male dominated world yeah. in a world where women are seen as lesser. Yeah. And a lot of the world's issues were blamed because of women. When in reality, it was men in the storyline because it started because of the nuclear war. Yep. And as a result from a fallout for man, now we can't reproduce. Yep. So it's like, I don't know. I really do enjoy The Handmaid's Tale. Um, before we wrap this up, uh, y'all know with any book, TV show or movie that we talk about, we give it a rating. Yes. Um, so I'm gonna let you from a scale of one to ten. <laughs> so ten being the best, right? Ten being the best okay. and one being like it was down bad. It was rented. down bad. It was clashy, which is classy, but ranchy. It was not, all that. Not, not clashy. Oh but um, I would have to rate. I would give it a nine point five. Oh, that's really. It's high. that's high. high. Like y- y- if y'all know her, <laughs> like I ain't gonna say she bougie, but like if she, wow, like, you can call me bougie. I'm okay. I'm okay but if you guys are watching on YouTube right now, my dress is baddie. You know, baddie, bougie, all of that. You know, I'll, I'll accept it. But um, anything? I wait, no, never mind. I was gonna say anything with a B, but. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> pretentious i've read the book but um you know i haven't read the book and now watching the series um there's definitely a lot of key discrepancies that i wish they would have brought into the live 
live action version yeah. of it. Um, I really think that some of the storyline, um, especially with the new season, I just felt like could have been a little bit stronger. Right. Like a lot of it could have been uh, developed a little bit better mm -hmm. because we really don't see. I mean, we kind of get a glimpse into it, but like if you've been watching from like season one, mm -hmm. uh, where the now it's kind of just been like a straight jump forward, right? With like just the plot of everything. Mm -hmm. And I'm that type of person. I like a little bit of storytelling. Exactly. I like a little. That's why I said earlier. I really wish they could have wrote it to where we're getting multiple points of views yeah. throughout the story like yes offer it we see you girl sister girl we hear you, we hear you. <laughs> but i would like to know you know what is rita's thoughts yeah moira you know not serena joy um like you know or what one of the aunts aunt lydia like oh i like how they touched base on her story they yeah. didn't go really yeah. into death but they gave you like enough to understand her person now i'm not saying like her personality is okay but right. they get it, it shows her background yeah why she acted what yeah. she do yeah it does and i like aunt lydia i want us to one day when we do this conversation mm -hmm. again about the handmaid's tale to but talk more about up. her because she is like she's a jacked up character and her thought process it makes you at moments feel bad for her like she's mm -hmm. empathizing with the character and then they take it away real fast <laughs> right just the same with Serena. Yeah. And I, I quickly just to add, I love how um it's gonna sound so bad, but I love how like she's humbled. Yeah. Because in the beginning, you know, she didn't and I, I'm not saying this in a misogynistic way, don't cancel me. But I love how, <laughs> you know, because in the beginning it was just like and even in the storyline, I think they wrote it purposely. Mm -hmm to tell her do not get beside yourself mm -hmm. because at the end of the day yes aunts do have a little bit of more standing exactly but if you're a still a woman you're still in a woman in a man's world yep. simmer down yep. and i think the reason why a lot of people like be, thought they started to like aunt lydia mm -hmm. and keyword thought, thought because she always does something to ruin it yes, she does. it's because <laughs> um when she's being you know interrogated you know we see that at the end of the day you're just this vulnerable woman trying to adapt in a man's world but then you go off and you beat off for it and yeah. the handmaids and it's just like girl i hate you now i would give the show a 7.5 mm -hmm. and i think it could be more diverse because the the u.s today if it's going off today's world mm -hmm. is really it's all different types of races and people so i feel like it could just be more diverse yeah. in that sense but the show is really good mm -hmm. i'm not going to take that away from them they did a really good job with the show but i feel like it could just be more diverse i agree i agree i think we all pretty much had the same senses right mm -hmm. it, the diversity piece i think will make it more powerful and impactful but more I, realistic yeah more realistic well i, I can kind of understand why they choose not to because at the end of the day this was a story that predated hulu right True. like you know what i'm saying so predated the uh panoramic I that can, we are still in too right, right so it predated that you oh, know it, it predates black lives matter and me too and you know all these different social movements so i guess we kind of have to keep in mind that you know when they try to make the adaptation of the uh show that they wanted to keep the elements of the story intact right because if they would have deviated too far away from it then it wouldn't have been as enjoyable as it is now so i think that was just more so a 
I guess, a creator's, like, their discretion. Yeah. I think it was more so they chose not to do it just because I guess they didn't want to deviate too far off from the story's purpose and the themes behind it. But I definitely would agree that um, just, I think just seeing more stories yeah. come from The Handmaid's Tale would have been more impactful. I agree. Because when I saw one black person, I was like, oh, it's a black man. <laughs> yeah. It was one. It was one. Don't get too excited. Exactly. <laughs> Listen, y'all get two maybe right. three at most but other than that simmer down because you're asking for two right hours. just yeah. say we did it exactly y'all but know no, i love this show i do too and i love that we do this i can't wait till we do this type of segment again mm -hmm. because i love to hear like the different perspectives how i might view it how you guys view it it just always brings like different layers to the actual show and then when now when i go back and watch it i'm gonna look at it differently because yeah. i know about the book now yeah. or now when i look at it i'm gonna look at it from alexis perspective now in addition to of course my own because the slavery is real mm -hmm. in handmaid's tale like that's the thing you can't take away from it it's like modern day slavery which we still in a lot of different sense live in that that's a she can it's a whole I different mean, speaking point well, I'm going to catch you right there, sister girl. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank y'all so much for watching. And thank you, Alexis, for joining us yeah, again. Thanks for having me um, on the show. Again, she is the recurring, our first recurring star, yes. guest, guest speaker. Um, <laughs> so I guess I got to ask you again, would you be willing to come back on the show? Because like, I remember we asked you in the first episode, and I'm like, all right, would you be willing to come back? And clearly you came back. Yeah. So, Y'all, we can't get rid of her. Even, even, even if we have to come to her house so, All right. to make sure she was here. Okay. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And remember, uh, our Patreon, go check that out and hopefully subscribe because we got some episodes in the works. Um, and yeah, anything else you would like to add? Little's to all the actors and yes. producers, yes. directors, everybody. Great show. Yes, especially um, the actors and the actresses, I think. Do a great job. Do a great job. Yeah. And I hope that they have some type of um, counselor or therapist yes. on site. Um, because, again, I will um, just TW trigger warning. There are a lot of scenes related to sexual assault, sexual abuse. Yes. Um Physical, violence. physical violence. Yes. Um, so I really do hope that, you know, while they're shooting these scenes that there's someone there. Yes. Because uh, if you look back at a lot of these scenes, they're very heavy, mm -hmm. um, very emotionally and, you know, spiritually heavy. So I, I do yeah. hope that, you know, there's there someone there to, you know, guide them and to reassure them because that, just like we talked about um, in our last one, you know, I really do hope that um they are taking the time that they need from because I, I know they're probably done with shooting now but um during those scenes it's it's heavy stuff yeah, i agree and if there's anybody that's out there if you're dealing with any type of abuse whether you've been sexually assaulted in the past and you're looking for a therapist or if you're in a domestic violence relationship right now and you are looking for someone that can assist you in most states 211 is just like a 911 so 211 is where you can call in if you're going through any type of abuse currently or in the past and you're looking for some way out, whether you need to get into a shelter, you're looking for a therapist, you're looking for a licensed clinician to speak to immediately, hit 211 on your phone and that can be assistance to you. 
know that. Yeah. I, learned, I didn't even know there was a hotline. It's a hotline. Yeah. It's for suicide, homicide, psychiatric features, if you're going through any of that. And also, if you are presently, like, in any domestic disputes or if you need anything as far as, like, help mentally, 211. We always love to hear from our licensed psychologists over here. (laughs) Um, But yeah, thank you guys so much again for tuning in. And we will be seeing y'all in the next episode. Bye, guys.